You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Welcome back into the show. Happy Wednesday, and today is golf day. The British Open, or renamed just the Open, we'll discuss all things uh, golf today. A um, couple of bets we're going to make. We had a tough, tough run last week, but overall in golf, we have been um, on another level. And we'll hope to continue to do that here. Um, yeah, last week was tough. We didn't really get anything going, but that's going to happen. You're not expecting to be in the running for an outright win every single week. Right? That's unreasonable, I would say. So we find ourselves at the Open at the old course at St. Andrews. And so many different ways you could ultimately go with this. Um because it is such a tricky course. Not tricky in the sense that it's difficult. Tricky in the sense that... Obviously, it's a Scottish you know, course. Which means it's a Lynx style. Which means... Historically, it's about bombers and putters. And I, I mostly agree with that, but I don't know if that's going to be the case um, this week. I really don't know if I'm sold on that. The ground is as hard as a rock. Every report that I'm reading from uh, men and women on the ground there, doing practice rounds with the players, so on and so forth, everyone's saying the ground is like a concrete. It's cement. Now, you might ask, what does that really change? If that's the case, what what does that really change? And really, it's going to close the gap between really good drivers and average drivers. I should say elite and above average. It's going to close that gap because the ball's rolling 100 yards after it lands down the hills of this course and all over. And so when everyone's shot is doing that, you kind of lose your advantage because everyone's getting close enough that they don't, that it's getting easier. You get what I'm saying? Like, yes, the bombers will be a little bit closer, but it's marginal at that point. The important, the important yardage marks that they gain happen farther back than where the ball will land this week. I hope that makes sense for everybody. 
it's a bit of a complicated um thing to explain, but also to wrap your head around because, yeah, so, you know, we look at it, everybody gets moved forward, a significant bump. Generally, putting is arguably the most important thing for a course like this. And again, I would say, yes, it's very important, but is it the end-all, be-all like it sometimes is? I don't think so. I really don't. My gut from what I know about golf and what I've read and all the, the things I've kind of pieced together is that this is going to be who can have the best strokes gained approach kind of tournament. Who can approach the green the best? Because the greens are rock hard. The ball's rolling all over. There's already huge hills on these greens, and the pins are tucked away in corners and in the back and on a hill. Like, there's so many... um, There's so many things about the putting surface that are going to be really difficult this week. And so I feel like my my answer to that is, well, then the approach shots just have to be a little bit better. You can't get stuck. I'm sorry, the, you know, around the green needs to be a little bit better. You can't get stuck in a horrible spot and not be able to get up and down from around the green. So I've actually really weighed in around the green quite a bit this week. Um, for sure. So we'll take a look at that. It's a really nice field too. I'll have, you know, a wonderful, wonderful field. Um, when I sorted this, you know, around the green, right. Is the, is the, one of the big numbers that I wanted. Um, here, let me see. There we go. Yeah, around the greens, one of the big numbers I won. And there's some players around the green that are very, very good that are going to be at this tournament. And um, we'll get to those in a moment and kind of look at what's possible there. Um, But that's uh, basically the course. That's my thoughts on the course this week. Is I, I really think it's going to be, it's going to be brutal out there absolutely brutal and so because they haven't played this course very often it becomes tough to kind of handicap this with course history weighing in you know it's nearly impossible they've played it three times 2005 2011 2015 did i get that right 5, 10, and 15 is when it's been hosted at this course. Zach Johnson, if you remember Zach Johnson winning in 2015, I remember that. 2014 was Louis Oosthuizen. Or I'm sorry, 2015 was Zach Johnson. 2010 was Louis. 2005 was Tiger. He was in the field this week it's really tough to yeah it's just going to be really hard to use course history here too much 
Um, the guys that I really like, and this is no, this should be no surprise to anybody, but the European guys just know their way around these courses. They just do. So my mind immediately gets drawn to somebody like Shane Lowry, who is excellent. Now, what I've also done this week, and I'll back up here. I'm getting ahead of myself. What I've also done this week is I pulled in some data from the European tour. And I've kind of, and, and while we can't compare it at the same time, I've added it into the model to take a look at who plays well here. Historically, like who plays well here? And, you know, the the European tour plays here. couple of times they play once a year they play at this course and you can use some of that data to kind of guide you say like just who like the stroke gain numbers it's not going to be that relevant because the, the course is just so much different and the field is different everything's different but you can kind of just get a feel for like how consistent they are potentially like Tyrell Hatton was a name he's got two first places he's got in two top fives, two first places, and a top 15 in five years here. And so you look at Tommy Fleetwood, another one, a top 25, a top 15, two top fives, and a top 10. Shane Lowry, again, same thing, tied for fourth last year, but a 15th, an 18th, and a 25th. So there's all kinds of ways to slice this up. And I really, I'm glad we're able to look at this because I think it could help us. Tyrell Hatton was a guy kind of got tempted by, but I'm not so sure I can pull the trigger on that. Um, So I think that's going to separate our model here from a lot of people who are looking at this because I don't think they're diving that deep into into that. So like Shane Lowry at 20 to 1 and those numbers are from the other day. So let me pull up more current numbers to make sure we're not uh, feeding any lies. No lies. I will load this up and... Do, do, do. Shane Lowry, 20 to 1, 25 to 1 at uh, some spots. But, yeah, right around that 20, 25 to 1 spot. 22 to 1 at BetMGM. It's a good number. So there's a guy, like, I really want to play just because of his course history at uh you know just on the European tour which again because he's placed top 5 whatever doesn't necessarily mean he's going to just be good here but or good in this tournament and against this field but there's undeniably 
know, correlation between the two there. Um, one guy I really wanted to find was Louis Oosthuizen, and I wanted to see what the numbers said about him. And he's actually very low on this on the on the um, model here. And I'm not really sure why. He's around the green numbers look good. His putting numbers look good. I'm guessing it's his approach numbers, which is much worse than the than most of the field. Like normally, approach numbers are pretty darn good for most like uh, most players. It's probably on average the highest strokes gained number that you get, which is why I actually was considering moving the model to some sort of percentile um, system instead of just the actual numbers giving me like a like a percentile because he might be the worst in the field at approaching according to my numbers, but I wouldn't know that just by looking at the number. You kind of eyeball test it. So anyway, that's a story for a different day, but looking to potentially switch to some sort of percentile tiering type of a system. But Louie, like I think, I think ultimately you just can't overthink this stuff this week. Like take the guys that are good at this course and see what happens. That's kind of my my overriding opinion on this. Take the guys that are good. Let's just wait and see what happens. So if we go to old Ben MGM here, we'll open this up. The what I was kind of interested in was betting Shane Lowry to finish top, you know, top twenty or top forty, whatever I could find. Shane Lowry and Oosthuizen, because they seem to be very consistent. I just don't know if they're going to go toe-to-toe with, you know, with some of these guys. So I was kind of thinking that was a different way to play it. Um, I can do top 10 on those guys. I cannot do top 20, at least on Ben MGM. Shane Lowry's plus 190, uh, top 10. I want to pull up, uh, let's see if we can find... Top 20 finishes. What book is going to have these? Don't know. I thought it'd be fun to make the bets while we're, um, while we're doing this, but I'm finding that it's too, it's actually pretty difficult to, um, to do this. As I'm scrolling through here, I see make and miss the cut odds. Nothing there. I really am. Desperate to play this week. Normally, I try and pick off like a, you know, one of the good players that I can get a pretty nice size odds for him to just maybe not be that good this week. I don't really think that's available this week as far as I can tell by looking at it. There was no players I really wanted to wanted to be against. Okay, so there are there is no um top 20 available right now. I don't understand why they don't have top 20. Like please explain that. You have top 10 and top 40. What? Um I suppose we will check out another book then see if we can find find ourselves. 
some top 20 numbers. Um, but to be honest, the Shane Lowry plus 190 for top 10 and Louie plus 350 for top 10. I have to say I like those two plays quite a bit. Tyrell Hatton again. Because kind of my opinion on this is I think, I do think Rory, Xander, you know, Scheffler, one of these guys is going to win the tournament, I I think. Maybe Matthew Fitzpatrick, but I, I do feel like one of these big names is going to win this tournament. However, with that being said, like some of these guys are just on a different planet right now. Rory, Fitzpatrick, Shawfley, guys are just playing out of their mind. I find it hard for me to think that Shane Lowry is going to show up and beat some of these guys, especially if it's close. So I just have a hard time taking a shot down the board, even though there's a lot of guys, like I mentioned, that I that I actually kind of like this week. Tommy Fleetwood being another one of those. Tommy Fleetwood, Hideki, Shane Lowry. That sort of field is what I like. And do you play some of them outright? I just don't know if I see them winning this week. Louie was the other one. Um, Seamus Power, I've seen people talk. We you know we bet on Seamus Power before. I've seen people talking about him to finish some sort of way. I just think there's more opportunity for one of these guys to just play really well, but maybe not quite get there. So we are going to go find ourselves a top 20 market and see what that looks like. Because I think um, I think that might be the way to play, play some of these. We get a decent number on a couple of guys at top 20. Maybe we'll throw a little pizza money on the outrights for those guys, but nothing crazy and move on. And enjoy some golf, really. Okay, do we have top 20s? All right, DraftKings. Turns out DraftKings has some top 20s. Um, Guys, we were looking for. Let's see here. Tommy Fleetwood, plus 160. Louis Oosthuizen, plus 170. Hatton, plus 170. Shane Lowry, plus 130. Uh, I don't like that that much that seems a little steep to me we'll shop these around before we lock them in to make sure there's no other good top 20 options out there now the problem is if we play all four of these singles Fleetwood, Oosthuizen, Hatton, Lowry we've got to win potentially you know, three of those. Depends which one we get. So I almost don't even love that strategy of doing that now that I'm sitting here talking through it. I think what's going to be potentially better is if we take a Shane Lowry top 20, which is plus 240 at DraftKings. What do we get on this? Um, uh, 
That's plus 240 top 10. Shane Lowry plus 190 top 10 at, at BetMGM. This is why you got to shop it around, people. You have to shop these around. Look how big of a difference that is. That is a monstrous difference. Like, that'll make or break you. That kind of difference will make or break you as a sports better over the long term. 100%. No doubt. Now let's just go ahead and check one other place to see if um, I do like, so plus 220 at uh, Fandle for Shane Lowry. I do really like to check um, Fandle because... The lines are usually pretty different. Um, the other place I'll usually check that I really like to check is Barstool because they have like so much coverage with the company that provides the odds for them. Um, you get a decent bit of coverage between, uh, you know, Bat Rivers and and a couple others. Uh, but I think you you get a lot when you check here. You're crossing off a lot of. A lot of places that might have good numbers too. Um, so we'll just go ahead and give this a check as well. Can't hurt. And do do save top thirties, top ten. Shane Lowry plus two hundred, top ten. Okay, so it looks like DraftKings is getting the business today. Top ten plus two forty. Um, we'll get rid of Shane Lowry, um, top 20. And I think we're going to play Fleetwood, Oosthuizen, and Hatton, top 20. Um, Hatton, I'm a bit on the fence about. Like, there's just guys on my model that have better numbers. Like, hands down, just have better numbers. But I just don't know if I can... Fully, uh, the guy, the local guys have a clear cut advantage here, and it's not even close. So, how am I going to sit here and say that you know Max Homo or Tony Finau, some of these guys are going to be the the answer when I really think there's a there's a real chance that a, a local guy plays really well here. Like Louie, not in the best form lately, but I don't know if it if it really matters all that much. Some of the guys not in the best form lately, but does it? How much does it matter when this is your kind of course? Mark Leishman, of course, famously last time out here, second place. That was a great tournament, and he got second in that one. That was such a shame. But down the list we go. I may be talking ourselves in circles at this point, but I just don't think it's as easy as picking the guys at the top, and I don't think it's as easy as picking the local guys. We are going to stick with Hatton, Oosthuizen, and Fleetwood. Top 20s. And we may get rid of Tyrell Hatton. Oh, Tyrell Hatton's really good at this course, though. But on the tour, he really hasn't been. Uh, let's just pull him up here. We can we can take a look. Uh, Tyrell Hatton, here he is. 
Um, so he was actually cut in the two tournaments that they had here. His uh, his baseline um, strokes gained, his trending strokes gained, his current form is not that great. Around the green numbers, not that great. His putting numbers outstanding. But like I said, I don't think that's going to be the end-all, be-all like it sometimes is here. I don't think it is. So I think we're going to take... I think we're going to take Tyrell Hatton off the card. So we're going to go with Tommy Fleetwood, top 20. Louis Oosthuizen, top 20. Shane Lowry, top 10. And then for our winners, for the winners, we are going to play This might surprise some people. We are going to play Xander Shoffley. I think Rory is catching way too much steam. Nine to one, I think, is laughable. So we are going to play Xander Shoffley. Twelve to one. Uh, let's make sure that's the best number. I believe it is when I looked, but it cannot hurt to double check. Uh, do 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 Xander Shawfley fourteen to one consensus pretty much everywhere. Fourteen to one it is. So we're actually gonna bet that not at uh DraftKings. We'll bet that we'll go on back to Bet MGM we'll take Xander Shawfley fourteen to one again. It may seem silly to, to be shopping these around like this, but it is very important to do so. Very, very important. Like I can't can't stress that enough. Okay. The other outright winner we're actually gonna go with. Um and oh gosh. This is tough, man. This is a really, really tough tournament that I don't like at all. I think our winners outside of, I, I think Matthew Fitzpatrick, he's actually the highest rate, or he's the second highest behind Rory on the model. So part of me says you got to take a shot with Matthew Fitzpatrick at 18 to 1. And then outside of that, a guy that maybe is a longer shot, Maybe Tyrell or Oosthuizen. Maybe that's the spot. I'm probably going to take... And I do like Hideki, too. So we're probably, for outrights, we're going to do Shawfleet um, at 14-1. to 1. We're going to play Matthew Fitzpatrick 18-1. to 1. And then we're going to do very, like, very small plays. Shane Lowry, Tyrell Hatton, Louis Oosthuizen. And if Tommy Fleetwood wins, hopefully it doesn't burn us. I think that's the play here. So we will have a total of 2.6 units laid out here. That's the total. 2.6 units. 
Was that confusing? I feel like we went way farther in depth this time than we normally do. Apologize. Let me know if you like that format for the uh, golf shows. Hopefully we'll have some guests on for, I know this is the kind of the last big major, but uh, there's still plenty of golf to be had and we'll continue to cover it every Wednesday. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thanks so much for listening this morning. Best of luck this weekend. Or this week and this weekend. Talk to you soon. But you can't.